Amen. Wow, it's nice to have the bell choir back and the, and the chancel choir and have a bunch of people moving around. How good is that? Welcome to Aldersgate United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Gary Brooks, and along with Pastor Maria Penrod, we are glad that you are here. Now, previously, Pastor Daniel was to have been back from Germany today. But on the last day of the World Council of Churches, he tested positive. And so he's been stuck in a hotel room quarantining just with symptoms of a cold. Uh, His next flight is Tuesday, so he'll be back Tuesday. And so uh, as we continue our series of Back to the Basics, he was supposed to be up to bat today. But we traded Sundays, so I'm going to talk about the Bible today, so if you need to leave now, you can. Um, And uh, he'll talk about the church as uh, a beloved community next week. So, But we're glad you're here. Uh, It's beautiful outside. Who wanted to come in? Uh, And we, we had to cancel the movie on the lawn last night. I'll tell you what, if it brings rain every time we schedule that, we'll do that, yeah. Well, you heard some notes a minute ago. There is something very special that I need to let you in on, and it's right over here. It was delivered on Thursday evening, a Yamaha, an enhanced memorial gift, and uh, it is a beautiful instrument. Let me tell you a little bit about it. In 2001, and that's when this sanctuary building was completed, the original piano was purchased with several buy-a-key fund contributors, and it was placed in loving memory of Keith Breckenridge, Douglas Elder, Jerry Ray Hale, John H. Siemens, and Sandra Souls. And that piano served us well for all these years. Well, as it turns out, uh, it got so it needed repairs. It wouldn't hold a tune. We'd tune it on one day, and by Sunday, it would be out of tune. And so it needed major work, which would have cost many thousands of dollars and a lot of downtime. But thanks to the Board of Trustees, the Finance Committee, and the leadership of Rich Brune and Justin Peterson, we found this beautiful Yamaha. And so all of us helped contribute that. We have uh, the Dillon's Community Rewards Program in our church. And so with $28,000 of those Dillon's dollars, uh, we traded in the piano, got this one, and now we dedicate it to the glory of God in memory of these same people as an enhanced memorial. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful instrument. We now dedicate it to the purposes of your kingdom, that its melodies might help the gospel surround us and fill us with good news. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I uh, hope that uh, you uh, will read your bulletin. There's lots of opportunities. Uh, Today we're talking about the Bible. There's some Bible studies coming up. Embracing the Bible, Bible uh, Fast Track, uh, Saving Grace, Everything You Always Wanted to Know About United Methodism But Was Afraid to Ask class. And so there's lots of opportunities. We invite you to uh, be a part of any of those. Our church has long been uh, partners with the Hope Mennonite Church on South, uh, well, North Mays, down by Central. And um, the, through the Family Promise um, Ministries of Wichita. And Pastor um, uh, Dave Stevens, who was the pastor there for many years, uh, was killed in a, uh, an accident. He was out riding his bicycle south of Sedgwick, Kansas, and an automobile hit him, and he died. 
services were held yesterday. And uh, I want you to know that our Family Promise team participated in the uh, reception that followed that. And uh, the pastoral staff, along with our, our church staff and, and the emergency fund of Aldersgate, uh, we have donated $1,000 in his memory to Hope Mennonite Church. So I wanted you to be aware of that as uh, we mourn his passing and look forward to hope for that congregation. All right. Um, annual conference special session was held yesterday. Our uh, lay members annual conference were on it. It was, it was by uh, Zoom webinar. And uh, we approved the uh, budget for the annual conference for 2023. We approved some guidelines for the camping ministry. And then, as you may have heard, there were some disaffiliations of churches that had decided to disaffiliate from uh, the United Methodist Church. Yesterday, there were 55 disaffiliations of churches that left the denomination, which brings the total of disaffiliations to 77 since 2020. That represents just a little over 7% of the churches in our conference, but only 3.5% of the total members of our conference. So for those that have heard that it's a mass exodus of tons of people leaving the United Methodist Church, uh, that is not our experience. Uh, it's, it's a smaller group of people, but we do wish them well, and may God give them blessings as they go in new directions. All right. You're very quiet. It's time for noise. Let's stand and turn and greet one another in Christian love. If you don't know someone, ask their name and tell them yours. join together in the call to worship. Christ is the world's light, Christ and none other. Born in our darkness, he became our brother. If we all seen him, we have seen the Father. Glory to God on high. Christ is the world's peace, Christ and none other. No one can serve him and despise another. Who else unites us? one in God the Father. Glories to God on high. Give God the glory, God and none other. Give God the glory. 
Spirit, Son, and Father. Give God the glory, God with us, my brother. Glory to God on high. Let us sing our hymn of praise, number 92, For the Beauty of the Earth. Please join with me in this affirmation of Jesus Christ from Colossians 1. Let us affirm our faith in God, who rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who forgives our sins and set us free. Christ is exactly like God, who cannot be seen. He is the firstborn Son, superior to all creation. Everything was created in him. Everything in heaven and on earth, everything seen and unseen, including all forces and powers and all rulers and authorities. All things were created by God's Son and everything was made for him. Christ was before all else and by him everything is held together. He is the head of his body, which is the church. He is the very beginning, the first to be raised from death, so that he was with all others. God, who pleased to be fully in Jesus, and God was pleased for him to make peace by sacrificing his blood on the cross, so that in all beginnings in heaven and on earth would be brought back to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Laura. Uh, for our stewardship moment, uh, prepare to be sick of me. I'm talking about yes again. Yes is our youth enrichment stock. This is money that does not go to paying me. It doesn't go for buying cool stuff for the youth room. This money goes directly to helping our youth have experiences where they can grow in their faith, where they can encounter God, and where they can learn and grow into mature Christian adults. Uh, yes stock funds things like Camp Horizon, uh, and the mission trip and uh, youth going to summit. Uh, this past summer with Yes Stock, we were able to cover half the cost of Camp Horizon for all youth who went to camp. So instead of camp being around $300 per participant, uh, the, each participant, their parents only had to pay about 150, which really helps, especially if you have multiple kids going to camp. So that's a way we could cut down that cost burden for our families. Uh, we also were able to reduce the cost of the mission trip by 25%, which is, 
with our YES donations from last year. So the cost of the mission trip was $400 for, per participant. We dropped that down to $300 per participant. It also paid for some uh, boring but necessary things like the van rentals, uh, gas for the vans, uh, our first aid kits and other supplies that we needed. It bought us lunch on the trip down and on the way back. So when you give to YES, you're giving directly to things that help our youth grow in their faith and these unique experiences that they get to have and treasure for a lifetime. So you get that warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart, and you also get a really cool green sticker that says, I gave to YES, and you can wear it and make all your friends jealous. That's my yes pitch. Uh, the yes table is right out there in the NIFEX. You can come see our fabulous youth after church. Um, also, you can give online. Uh, if you go to the aldersgatechurch.org and click the giving tab at the top of the screen, uh, there's a drop down menu and just click on youth enrichment stock and that will allow you to give to yes. Now, I was also supposed to talk about grocery relief but uh, the previous services have done an amazing job picking up grocery bags, and there is one bag left for September grocery relief. And my question is, who wants it? <laughs> All right, I got you right there. Okay, ushers, you can come forward.
And you may be seated, unless there's some young disciples who would like to come up and talk about Bibles with me. This is a big Bible, and it is old and falling apart. Yeah, it's even got a picture of about how old it is, Martin Luther. <laughs> no, it's uh, from the 1800s, this Bible. And someone uh, brought it to the church. They didn't want it anymore, and they didn't have the heart to put it in the trash or even recycle it. And so it's been in my office ever since. Now, I wondered if one of you would like to read a passage from it. Would you? Okay, go ahead. Hmm? Oh, anywhere. Just anywhere. It doesn't really matter. I know it's hard to read because it's in German. Yeah, yeah, you can make out a few. Yes. Anybody know how to read German? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, Daniel's been in Germany. Maybe he's learned a little bit. Well, we can give him a test when he gets back. But I haven't had the heart to throw this away or recycle it either. Isn't that something? But it was a treasured Bible by someone. Here's a treasured Bible that I have. It's a little tiny one. And it's falling apart, too. And it's from 1872. Wait, and who owned that book? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't remember. Like the person on the cover? Yeah, front cover? I don't know. Oh, Martin Luther? No, he was, he was, that was before the printing press. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know who, whose that was, but I know whose this one was. No. It belonged to my great-grandfather, who I never knew because he died before I was born, but Reverend Bert D. Brooks. And this has a date that he had it uh, in, in his possession in 1940. And that was about the time that he rode a horse and buggy. He didn't even have a car. He rode horse and buggy from Marquette to Wyndham to preach on that circuit. And this was more than likely a Bible that he had along with him. Wow. Isn't that something? So it's a treasured Bible. Anyway, here's one that uh, they have at Grace Med in the waiting room. And uh, it's uh, a Bible that has two languages. Spanish. Mm -hmm. Spanish and English. Some of you probably uh, may be more apt to learn some Spanish. Uh, and it's, it's two languages, and so we have helped buy Bibles like that for that. Here's one. Uh, I've had this since uh, college, and it's a New Testament. And anybody want to read from it? Um, again, is that Japanese? Is it Greek? It's Greek. The, the original language for the New Testament is Greek. Can you read that? No. Well, I used to be able to. In fact, now, I used this when I was at Friends University, which is one of the colleges here in um, Wichita. That's where I got my MRS degree. Thank you, Jeannie. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but the, uh, the, the professor in, in our New Testament class was Dr. Verlin Hinshaw was his name, and uh, he impressed me a lot because he didn't use an English Bible. He opened up his Greek New Testament when he read a passage, and he translated as he went. Wow, I was impressed. Anyway. No, I bought it as one of the books for the class, and I've kept it ever since. And I used to be able to read a little bit of it, and then this one, I used to be able to read, too. Look how tiny the print is. 
Hey, what are you laughing about? Yeah, you can read it. Okay. And if you held this about halfway back, I could probably read it too. <laughs> well, we're talking about the Bible today and how precious it is. I'd like for you to accompany me up to the Bible on the altar. Come on. Let's go up and take a look at it. Because it is a precious Bible that we have here in our church. Uh, pardon us, I guess I'm sorry we turn your backs on them. But look, look in the front of this. This is a Bible that has been on the altar. Uh, it was, this Bible is presented to the Aldersgate United Methodist Church, Wichita, Kansas, by the United Methodist Women on October 9th, 1977. Yeah, it's older than you, that's for sure. On the first anniversary of the church. So when this church was one year old, the United Methodist Women presented this Bible. Hey, how old is this church? Uh, 1976. I don't know. How old is that? 45, 46, 46. Ish. And uh, this was presented to uh, the Reverend Henry Murray, who was the founding pastor of uh, the congregation. Oh, they can see us. Look at that. Okay. All right. So this has been on the altar table ever since. And there's been some real important students of the Bible. And I want you to just want to see these flowers. These flowers are placed in loving memory of Dixie Mills, who died. We had a service for her this week. And she was an avid student of the Bible. She treasured its wisdom. This is a, a, an arrangement placed in loving memory of um, Marge Hoffman, who was also a student of the Bible, and the words of God's wisdom were precious to her. And so, and then here I've got this opened up to Psalm 23. And if anybody in the congregation knows it and wants to say it along with us, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Gracious God, thank you for this Bible. Thank you for the Bibles that we have in our homes, the Bibles that we have on our phones and on our computers. May the words of wisdom be like sweet honey to our mouths and to our lives. Bless these children, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it would please uh, the, those in whose memory uh, these flowers were given, it would please them greatly if after the service you would come up and take a flower, if you want to. All right? I'll let you go back to your seats now. Thank you very much. Yes. Mm-mm. No, we keep them. We try to keep them far enough away. Yeah, so they won't catch. Today's New Testament lesson comes from 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 4, 5. Now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, and my sufferings, the things that happened to me in Antioch, Icam, and Lysteria, what persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, 
but the wicked people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have known sacred writings that were able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and in the view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, Proclaim the message, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Conceive, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with the sound teaching. But having their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, be somber in everything, endure suffering, do the work of evangelists, carry out your ministry faithfully. I'm oh, sorry, fully. Please stand in body or in spirit for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel text today is from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. The Word became flesh and lived among us. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. Let's have some fun with the Bible. It's golden nuggets of truth. There's an acrostic that uh, I saw a Sunday school teacher use one time many years ago, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Before Leaving Earth. Makes sense. If you believe that Scripture is inspired by God, you know what I'm talking about. God's Word is precious to those who follow the Jesus way of life. It has been declared that the Bible contains everything necessary to have salvation and to be filled and be made whole. The Bible is the story of God's love to us and tells us of God's grace and presence with us. 
and it tells us the full realm of human experience and emotion. There isn't anything in the Bible that humans haven't experienced in one way or another. The psalmist declared, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. And the psalmist also declared, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And it was Jesus who said, Whoever hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise one who builds their house on a rock. I invite you to study up on this word of God. There's plenty of opportunities this fall. I invite you to be a part of one of them. There's a hymn that uh, sticks in my mind uh, whenever I meditate on the Bible, and it's one that I heard a long time ago. It's not even in our hymnal. It's an old hymn by Percy Dearmer, written in 1925, that goes like this. Book of books are people's strength, statesmen's, teachers, heroes, treasure, bringing freedom, spreading truth, shedding light that none can measure, Wisdom comes to those who know thee. All the best we have, we owe thee, precious Bible. If it's so precious, then why do people fight about it so much? They do. It seems like they're fighting about it all the time. My Bible's better than your Bible. My Bible is given by God, and you're wrong if you don't agree with how I interpret the Bible. What is your view of the Bible? How do you interpret its authority for your life? Well, I thought we'd put it into simple terms. I'm kind of a simple guy. I never passed the scholarly classes in seminary, but they kicked me out with a master's degree anyway. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't understand all the historical criticism, the literary criticism, the higher criticism, the lower criticism, the, 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 all that stuff. But it seems to me that if we put it in simple terms that we all can understand, we can kind of find where maybe we land and in my observation, and this is Gary Brooks's observation, in my observation, there are four basic views of the Bible. Want to talk about them? See where you land? Hey, it just happens there are four sections in the sanctuary. How good is that? Let's start over here. I'm going to share one view of the Bible, and it's the view that you must adhere to. Okay? So, and if anybody objects, then you have to give good arguments why your way is the correct way. The first one is that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, and it is the Word of God with a capital W. It's inerrant, it's dictated, it's infallible, and it's the literal Word of God. That's what you believe. Don't shake your head, no. Now, if you, if you must, when we get to one that you could move to another section. But, you know, it, it, well, wait a minute. You don't even know. These might be worse I mean, or better. I mean, okay. It contains everything necessary to salvation, and it is authoritative for faith and life. There is a majority of Christians in our country today who adhere to this view of the Bible. That the Bible is the inerrant, dictated, infallible, literal, capital W, Word of God. That's what you believe. Now, the second uh, view of the Bible is represented by this nice blue sunshade. (laughs) You can see Jeannie wearing it whenever we go to the zoo. This one is what you must now believe, okay? And if uh, you don't believe it, you can go somewhere else, I guess. Uh, This is what the Bible is also inspired by God. Here, the Bible contains the Word of God, which doesn't mean that everything is exactly the dictated Word of God. It's written by humans in the cultural context of their day. It contains everything necessary to salvation, just like this one does. 
But some parts are to be taken literally and some parts more figuratively. It's authoritative for faith and life nonetheless. Do you see the difference? This one is, it's dictated by God, accurate. This one, it doesn't have to be quite that far. Okay, well, all right. Now, there's a third view. Don't worry if I mess up my hair, it's okay. I'll fix it later. All right, this one, number three, this is what you have to believe here in this section. All right, I thank the children's department for loaning me this hat. This one says that the Bible is also inspired by God. They're all inspired by God. But it contains words about God. You see the difference? This contains the word of God. This one contains words about God. Written by humans in the cultural context of their day. It also uh, is a view that believes that the Bible contains everything necessary to salvation. But salvation can come through other means. <gasps> the Bible may contain errors from centuries of editing. That's okay, it doesn't bother these folks. The Bible is not intended to prescribe ancient cultural values onto modern cultural reality. But eternal truths about faith and life reside within its pages. Okay, do you see the difference? The first one is the Bible is the Word of God. This one, the Bible contains the Word of God. Nobody's getting up and moving. The, this one, the Bible contains words about God. Okay? Believe it? Anyway. All right, the fourth view is over here, and it's represented by one of my favorite hats. That's a rearview mirror, by the way, so I can see you sneaking up on me. This one is, is a little different in focus in that it's not so much about a book as it is about a person. This one is about Jesus. And Pastor Maria read that just a few moments ago from John 1 when it said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Gospel of John points us to Jesus Christ. So this particular uh, view of the Bible is that the ministry and teachings of Jesus are the most important part of the Bible. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. What Jesus said and taught and modeled take precedence over everything else. <laughs> Okay, from him we gain our salvation and direction for holy living. He is our Lord and Savior above all others. And the rest of the Bible takes second place. And the rest of the Bible points toward Jesus. Okay? Now, uh, some have asked in the other services, well, pastor, which view is your view? Well, uh, if you take the class, everything you always wanted to know about United Methodism but was afraid to ask, I'll tell you. <laughs> because we don't have time to dive into all of these things real deeply. But do you see some of the differences? One is a very popular view of the Bible and its authority, that it's inerrant, dictated, infallible. It doesn't have to be here. Unless so, here there's room for other wisdom. And these are about a book. The fourth one is about Jesus. Or you could say the, these are about a collection of books. And the fourth is about an event. That our faith is based more on an event, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, than it is about all of the other stuff. Well, which view is yours? Anybody want to move? Avery, you going to move? Okay. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. It's okay with me. That's fine with me. Because everybody's going to be nice to you. If you want to move to another place... It's okay, 
because I have some takeaways I want to share with you. Yes. You could. You could. You could stand in between two views. Some of the takeaways that I'd like to propose to you are that one view is not any more accurate in a viewpoint than any of the others. And people can be in different places at different times. In fact, there are some who are uh, socially progressive, but theologically conservative. There are others who are uh, theologically progressive, but socially conservative. All right? So it happens. It seems to me that the big problem is intolerance. When this group says, my view is better than your view, my view is better than yours, my view is better than, my view is better than, my view is the truth. And if you don't believe my view, which happens to be God's view, then you are going to... Yeah. And so we get into the discussion of what is truth. And I would like to suggest to you that truth is more both and than either or. Now, I've been asked this question too. Which one is the most United Methodist? All of them. All of them. As one has said, we are a big tent church that seeks to have a broad embrace. Gets us in trouble sometimes, but we would rather have a broad embrace and embrace everyone rather than to exclude anyone. You can be a United Methodist and be over here. You can be a United Methodist 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 in between two of them. You can be a United Methodist that's here sometimes and here some other times. What I'm saying is we need to have room where we can love one another. And one of the basic tenets of United Methodism is the blessing of our diversity. That when we come together with our diversity, well, think what life would be like if we all drove pink Volkswagens. <laughs> now, if I insulted someone, I apologize. No. Each of us are different. We have different life experiences. We have different hurts and pains from our past. We have different hopes and aspirations for the future. And there's room for all of us. Why? Because Jesus did this. That's why God's word is so precious to so many of us is because it is big enough and flexible enough to encompass the whole of human experience and the wonder of God's salvation. Book of books. People's treasure. All we have we owe thee, precious Bible. Amen. Amen. Let us respond to the message by singing, Thy word is a lamp.
this time we will respond to hearing the sermon by going to God in prayer. Please pray with me. God of all love, God of the Bible, of Noah, of Esther, of Mary, of Jesus. God, there are so many different perspectives to consider, so many sides to every story, so many layers to peel back. We search for truth. We want easy answers. And Jesus responds in parables. Help us navigate through the mystery. Help us embrace the mystery that is you. Help us not to be people of either or, but people of both and. Open to perspectives different from our own. Open to histories and life experiences that aren't ours. Go with us on this journey, God, as we try to discern more about who you are. As we embrace your word and grow deeper in our faith, allow us not to be scared of mystery. Allow us to wrestle questions and follow our curiosity toward greater love and relationship with you and with others. On this day, we pray for those who have left us. We pray for the loved ones of Dixie Mills, the loved ones of Marge Hoffman, the loved ones of Rick True, the loved ones of Reverend Dave Stevens from New Hope Mennonite. We pray for Stephen Duachena and his family following the loss of his mother. We pray for Carolyn Miller, Dennis Morris, Matthew Marin, Dee Dee Snively, Stephanie Patterson, Mary Brody, Lynn Blankenship. We pray for Roger and Cindy Stiverson after the death of Roger's mother. And we pray for Chaplain Glenn Hall. God, on this 21st anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, we pray for the survivors and the victims and all their loved ones. We 
pray for their mental health and their physical health. And we pray that they have the support services that they need. God, we pray for our nation. Allow us to not fear the other, but to love them as our neighbor. May we prevent hate from taking up home in our hearts. May we see each other as you see them. Looking toward our differences with curiosity and understanding rather than judgment. And now God, as your children, let us pray the prayer that Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. For we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now, if you're able, please stand for our closing hymn, Precious Name. about changing my benediction. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. Uh, yeah, I love it too. Because there, there's so much truth to it and, and the, the place where it talks about the Bible and the truth of God's word until everyone has the opportunity to experience salvation. Ah, Yes. So go from this place in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ, remembering that happiness is a journey and not a destination. Go bear witness to the truth of God's word until everyone is saved. Practice responsible citizenship until everyone is free. Go paint the world beautiful with the brushstrokes of your faithful service. And then go work like you don't need the money. Study like you don't need the grades. Dance like no one is watching. And love like you've never been hurt. And may the peace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be your everlasting gift. Amen.